Here we go. We're rolling. Anthony Sargentopoulos, how you doing uh, today? Anthony. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. I Sarge. Anthony is, you're in a lot of trouble. Uh, <laughs> that was with my grandmother. If, if I heard my name, if I heard Anthony, I was, I was, I was running. I was definitely running to hide. Uh, well, you had yeah. a, you have an Intel, Italian family. Italian and Greek. So that's scary when yeah. they call your name. Yeah. Um, you know, in Greek, you know, Andoni, if, you know, if Yaya said Andoni, that was it. I was, <laughs> you know, Thafaxilo, uh, you know, you're going to get the stick, uh, things of that nature. That's Greek. Uh, but, uh, you know, so anytime, uh, uh, anytime I hear Anthony or my name in Greek, uh, Andoni, that means heart sinks. that, yeah, that means I'm in some kind of trouble. <laughs> For sure, but uh, you know Tony. I'm, that's that's usually. Uh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure at work. There's a few other names for me <laughs> that I'm not that I'm not aware of. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm back for the third time. The third time. Third time. You're one of the regulars. Yeah. Uh, so has has anyone else been here three times? Uh, my sponsor, uh, Jeremy Hurt. Mm-hmm. He's been here a few times. I think four times. Okay. Um, Sip's been here three times. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was actually supposed to do it again, but didn't. And yeah, this is your third time. So okay, so I'm I'm yeah. I'm tied for the lead right now. You're tied. I'm yeah. tied for the lead. Um, so this is like I guess I guess we call this third time's a, a charm, right? <laughs> the, the, the first the first time I was the the first person I think. Yeah, you were. Yeah, the first person to experience a live interview. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I didn't have the kinks quite worked out. And then the second time, Cip Cipriano's mic wasn't really on him so <laughs> yeah because of it his kept cutting proximity to the microphone so this is take two slash three yeah of your story yeah and, yeah yeah and so i think i think yeah this time we'll probably try to tell the story and we won't have to worry about my mother sending you messages i can't hear him i can't hear him because i was <laughs> i was going in and out and you kept saying to me someone keeps saying they can't hear you and i'm like it's got to be my mother <laughs> it could be anybody else listening to the to me talk right now but um yeah, I mean, and I think I've said this to you before. Uh, I've I've seen, jeez, oh, I don't know how many podcasts now that you've done. I know you're over a hundred now. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank over you. Hundred episodes, and uh, yeah, I wanted to be number one hundred, but it didn't work. <laughs> the schedule didn't work out that way. No, no. But um, I actually had them recorded when you were like, I, I want to do, I want to be one hundred. I was like, I already have. Yeah, all of the ones recorded. Oh, you already had it. Yeah, so you wouldn't tell me. Yeah. you didn't want to hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and so when I listen, like I told you this before, when a lot of these shows from like way in the beginning with the lady who dealt with the domestic violence mm, and yeah. how that ended, um, that was one of your first shows in the very beginning. Yep. To uh, my, you know, my favorite is the gentleman who took on the state of uh, Michigan or, or, or that institution. Yeah. Richard Prangley. They became good friends yeah. with the governor of Michigan and, and, and he won. And I, that, that guy is just absolutely amazing to me. That's probably my favorite yeah. one of your podcast so far. Um, even when you interviewed the gentleman who was running for governor uh, <laughs> against uh, uh, the Gretchen, governor. Yeah. Yeah. Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not going to lie to you. I enjoyed the fact that people, you know, you know, there, there's, there's, Today's world, people, you hit a sore spot and, and everybody thinks, you know, you're not, you're thinking and your thought process isn't like mine. So, so therefore we're going to cause chaos. Uh, and what was really messed up is had nothing to do with your thought process. It's just you giving somebody a platform. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you wouldn't have given the opponent of the platform. Right. Right. And that's what I thought was so bizarre and 
that I loved all at the same time. Yeah, that one was really interesting because I knew that I would get a little back backlash mm-hmm. because he was at the whole January 6th thing. And yeah. uh, people listening to this are like, oh, done. Done to listen to this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> They're checking out. Yeah. But um, the thing is, is like, I didn't, I didn't want to talk to him about that. I just wanted to talk to him because he's running for governor. Right. And I, I wanted to talk to everybody who's running for gov- governor. I reached out to everybody, even Gretchen Whitmer. I reached out to her. No response. Yeah. But, you know, that's expected. Right. Um, and but the thing is, is like people got mad at me for having him on because he was a part of that January 6th thing. And I'm like, I didn't even talk to him about any of that stuff. But that's what people were mad about. They were mad that I didn't grill him on. I'm like, this isn't a, a platform to debate somebody. This is yeah. me just just giving somebody a platform to just talk about who they are yeah. and explain, you know, what their goal is, essentially. Right. right. And, uh, yeah, I got a lot of backlash. I was actually on a plane to Florida when all that started happening. And I texted so, you. Yeah, you texted yeah, me. Did, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I was heading up in the air, and I was like, crap. So then the whole flight to Florida, I'm, like, thinking about, like, how can I – what can I post – Mm-hmm. to kind of like settle the fire a little bit. Yeah. And so I, I, I typed up a post the whole flight. I thought about what I wanted to write. And then when I landed, I posted it and boy, did that, did that, uh, create another shit storm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it never ceases to amaze me anymore, no. but, but I start to, I, one thing I realized is that even though it's negative press, it's good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, people started paying attention to the, po- to the podcast. And yeah. actually, from that point on, my podcast started growing yeah. and got a lot more downloads and a few more subscribers and whatnot. It's, just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It has that, the opposite effect. Yeah. It's amazing the way haters can market you in a positive <laughs> way. Yeah. I, people say to me all the time, you know, like we, we, have, we have secret haters, our podcast. They don't come out and say anything, but they tell other people that we know. And then those people feel mm. like we need to know. So <laughs> they reach out to us and it's people that we know personally. Yeah. And I just say to myself, listen, they're like, are you going to unfriend them on Facebook now? And no, no. Tell them to go on their Facebook page and talk about how much they can't stand our yeah. podcast. Yeah. Because other people I, will yeah. listen. Yeah. Because well, what's this guy all about? Yeah, If 10 people listen and two people like it, that's two more people that are going to listen to our podcast. Yeah. So yeah. It's just very strange the way the way that works, but yeah, um, it's true. Yeah, and then you sent me a message. You're like, "I'm glad you didn't apologize." Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's, for what? I mean, there. There's I mean, what, no re- what is there to apologize? You, you shouldn't apologize for just talking to people. No, but no. I think eventually, maybe if you start going down that avenue, interviewing some uh, confrontational people, yeah, then uh, you'll get some of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a Ted Nugent or uh, <laughs> somebody who really can can really get a storm going, um, you know. Uh, so I mean, just handle it the way. Look, look at the way Joe Rogan handles things like that. I mean, yeah, what a nightmare that was, and he didn't. Yeah, you know, he he went right through it, and kind of. Uh, I think everybody realizes now that uh, Spotify wasn't going to get rid of Joe Rogan. I mean, well, and he said that he gained like two million subscribers or followers or whatever yeah. after that, like. It did the opposite of what they wanted it to do. Yeah. The cancel culture never works. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my brother found this out, and he said it on one of our podcasts. The individuals who were going to walk away from Spotify are back now. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're slowly making their way back uh, like, in. Like Neil, yeah. Neil Young or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know. Now, now we're probably going to catch a, a storm for, for just saying whatever about Neil Young. Oh, boy. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> he's in the Hall of Fame. I, I'm not. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, even though we're not like big, big podcasters, no. 
um, seeing things like that makes me angry as a podcaster because I'm like, okay, even if like, I know we're not that big, but eventually, hopefully that's the goal, right? Sure. To get that big. Yeah. I mean, we're not doing it to get big, but we're doing it to make a difference. And then obviously the outcome of that is to have a bigger platform. Sure. And when you see, see people attacking somebody like Joe Rogan, who's like the forefront at the forefront of podcasting and they want to, they want to um, cancel him and they don't want him on a platform. It's that's concerning, at least yeah. for me. Cause I'm like, if they're trying to do that to him, then what can they do to somebody who's smaller than him? Yeah, like, exactly. like myself, somebody who barely has a platform. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that, that's something in this country that needs to stop. Uh, I just posted something yesterday. It was kind of interesting. I was, I was expecting a lot of backlash and nothing happened. Um, but I put up a post because I interviewed a guy who is running for president mm -hmm. and, uh, TikTok banned his account yesterday. And because he was talking about what he would do if, um, he was president, what he would do for, uh, schools and protecting them. And his whole idea was putting veterans in front of these schools and somebody reported him and he got banned and <laughs> reported had, him for saying that he had 90,000 followers. Because he thought that veterans in front of our school systems to protect our children were, was a good idea. Yeah. And they banned him. They banned him. They shut down his account. Oh, man. I, and like, I if mean, we don't think this is a problem, like, where is our society going? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because I'll be the first to say it. I've said it a million times on social media. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So, I guess my, my brother right now, Joe, if you're listening, I guess we're... We're done as a, as a podcasting uh, <laughs> entity because I, I totally agree with that. But obviously, our show's not about that. No, uh, two brothers, one mic. Um, but nonetheless, I you know I, I'm I'm not one to to just you know zip my lips when it comes to things that I agree with. Yeah, I totally think that's a great idea. Um, I mean, what what are we going to do here? We this has been going on since I think 1997. School shootings. Yeah, Col Columbine. Yeah. And I think there was this, I think there was one before Columbine actually. Columbine was the one everybody remembers the most. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you just kept going through, and you got the Sandy Hook, and in between them two, there was hundreds. Yeah. And and then you know there's the latest thing that happened in Texas, and you know it's it's when I was in school, that was the last thing we thought about. Yeah. I mean, there was no concern whatsoever in the '60s, '70s, '80s, uh, in the early '90s, and then all of a sudden, I mean. Well, the thing is, when I was in school, I never, I never had active school shooter drills. Yeah. We never did that. That wasn't yeah. a thing. It's not something that I ever even thought about. Yeah. Um, obviously, we knew that Columbine happened and those, but it still wasn't that mainstream. Yeah. Now it's like kids are my my kids practice active shooter, you yeah. know, courses or whatever. Like it's or drills. It's it's concerning. Yeah. I don't know. And what do we do? I don't know. I I mean. You know, he, he's a comedian and all, but David Chappelle said it best. Uh, <laughs> he said, and, and I'll, I'll paraphrase uh, as we go off on a tangent here. Uh, he said, I don't know if anybody's ever really realized this, but while you're giving all these drills and telling everybody where to go and what to do, uh, the shooter's in the room. <laughs> Aren't you training them? You're actually training them <laughs> to what exactly could happen in these schools. Yeah. You know, and he, he goes into his thing, you know, he pretends he's the shooter and he has a note 
notepad and a pencil, and he's like raising his hand. Now, where where are you going again? And then writing it down. And 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 he's trying to make it a joke, but he's serious at the same yeah. time. Yeah, you're actually training yeah. the people that are going to be doing the shooting yeah. as to what the other kids are going to be doing and where they're going to be. Yeah, and it's I, I always do find that fascinating that nobody really picks up on that. So. Yeah, but what do you do? I mean, because you want your kids to be aware of what to do in case there is something. Yeah. You don't want them running around like chickens with their head cut off, trying uh -huh. to figure out where to go. I think one idea would be to take um, people who are more than willing, that are qualified, uh, and more than willing to uh, do their part, uh, and, and, and more than happy to do their part in protecting our children, and... Um, I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of veterans are stepping forward and saying we would love to protect our school systems and we would love to be part of a program that, you know, does just that, whether yeah. it's three or four or five of us in front of each one of these school systems. Uh, if we're mentally capable, physically capable and willing, then that could be a route that we can take. Yeah. But everybody, every time someone says that they say, no, <clears throat> let's just arm all the teachers. And, and, not, and if you talk to think... teachers, the teachers are like, so now I'm going to teach astronomy yeah. and, and math and, and spelling and reading with the gun strapped to my side. Yeah. I mean, how are the kids going to feel about that? Yeah. You know? What happens when you have a crazy teacher and wants to go off on the kid? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. And that's scary because yeah. I'd like to think that would never happen, but, but you know, anything could happen at that point. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it is, if you have children, which we do uh, in school right now and in younger kids in school, it's it's definitely a no one will no one will say this it's it's a, it's definitely a problem they won't say yeah. it's not a problem yeah uh, I guess everybody has their their different viewpoints on how to handle it but well, I guess everybody's just kind of hoping that for one their kid isn't the shooter and it doesn't happen at their school yeah but I, you, I, you think about that too what about yeah. the parent who who some of the parents are you, <laughs> you when you when you when you look at the history of the family you're like okay the parent definitely was a problem here yeah you know you. Without being in the home and seeing it, it's what it seems like. Yeah. But then what about the <clears throat> the parent who did everything right and the kid just lost yeah. lost his mind? Yeah. Right? And 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 I say his, I didn't go to hers because it's, it's usually been male. yeah, male. Yeah. Uh and for that matter, it's been white males. I mean, that's what it's been. Yeah. And and uh for the most part. For the most part. And Uvalde was a Mexican kid, I believe. Or a Guatemalan or something yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so, yes. Uh, and he was a little bit older too. He wasn't, yeah, I think a, he was out of school. He was, cause I, he went into an elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, have it, you ever, do you know who Tim Kennedy is? I know the name Tim Kennedy, but it cannot possibly be the same person that, and so I don't know the Tim Kennedy you're speaking of. Tim Kennedy, he's a, uh, ex UFC fighter, or maybe he is still a UFC fighter. Um, he's an, like an ex Navy seal or okay. Marine or something. Anyways, he has this company that um, specializes in making plans for schools. And one of, the, one of his ideas was creating landscape around the building so that like, somebody can't just walk, like, like climb through a window. Mm -hmm. So there's certain things you can do to a school that will keep people away from like windows. And by the time you notice somebody trying to get through a window, like everybody would have seen them. Yeah. So they, they have time to react. Um, another thing he talks about is having a one point entrance. So somebody, you know, can just walk through the front door. Um, and then when you walk through the front door, you have a, like a room that's a box that's isolated and there's cameras everywhere. 
and you're analyzing that person. Who are you? Why are you here? Like mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then somebody has to let them in the school. And then, yeah. and, and, and I think the, um, the heat will come from that. It'll come from people saying fire code, only one way out of the school. No, 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 no. One point access. So you can still exit. Okay. So you still have your exit doors. Um, but nobody can come through the doors can from come, the outside. Right. I see what you're saying, yeah. The problem with that is people say, well, somebody can just prop open a door, which has happened before. But if you put an alarm on it, like you do like a fire alarm, and it goes off, yeah. then somebody's held accountable for that. I don't know how, I, and I, I, Uvalde, um, yeah. I don't know how he got into the school. There was a door that was propped open. And it was just propped open. Yeah, and then a teacher went and tried, and locked, like, tried to lock it real quick mm-hmm. and didn't happen. I don't know if that teacher got shot or not, but... Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into what happened there with the police officers as well. Yeah, there's a lot of what questions. What the heck there. is that about? I don't. I, don't I haven't know. even done a deep dive on that one yet. I, I, I haven't, and I come from an entire family of police officers, and even a lot of them are like, I, I don't understand what happened there. Yeah, that's just that's dropping the ball big time. Yeah, so. Uh, and again, uh, we we weren't there. I was not there. I don't know exactly what happened. It does not look good, though. No, it does not look not good. at all. So um, they should not be police officers. They should be kicked off the force. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it just <clears throat> I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, it, it's not hasn't been in the news that I've seen, and I don't watch mainstream main, uh, mainstream yeah. news at all. Really, I yeah. basically try to stay away from that, but. Um, it was kind of hard to stay away from that story when it first came yeah. on for the first month. I, so I don't know exactly what the what the situation is with those with those police officers and and what happened there, but it, it does it doesn't look good. No. It doesn't look good. So, um, but you know, so we went we went like and like a one eighty <laughs> on that, which it's it's almost like when we're at work together, yeah. we'll go and we'll go in ten different directions. But that's what uh, I love about working and talking is like yeah, yeah. every time that I'm talking to somebody and we're having a good conversation, I'm like we should just throw mics on right now because this would be a really good episode. Yeah, and I think people would be interested in hearing yeah. what other people's thoughts and opinions are on certain subjects. They would, and 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 the or, people that agree with us will. You know, they'll say, yeah, we'll get thumbs up. And the people that don't yeah. agree with us, they'll say, cancel them. Exactly. Cancel him. Cancel that guy's show across from him, <laughs> whatever it is. And it, it, it's, it, there used to be, there used to be a middle ground where people would just agree to disagree and try to find a common ground. Yeah. That went away some time ago. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to ever get that back or not. Do you know what the first count of cancellation was? Like who was the first person to get canceled? Yeah, oh boy. That that we can remember in recent times. So are you talking in the last two years, in the last four years? In the... I mean, it seems like cancel culture has just grown exponentially yeah. within the last, I'd say, three, four, maybe five years. I can't remember who the first person was that I got don't. canceled. I don't. And I'll be honest with you. I try to, like, tune it out. Yeah. I mean, I know that, that it started with, well, I don't know that it started with, but I there was a big movement for all the... All, all, all of history to be erased, statues to yeah, be removed, things yeah. of that nature, um, uh, for various reasons. Uh, I, I don't, I can't think though what, uh, it seems like every time somebody says something or there's a lyric in a song or there's a line in a movie, they want the movie removed, they want the song removed, they want the person removed. Yeah. And, and so... But it happened so often that I can't even possibly think of what the first one was. What was your, <laughs> I know we're going way off track, but what's your thoughts on Will Smith? 
let's talk about cancellation. He slapped Chris Rock, and then all these platforms, <laughs> all these platforms started removing Will Smith's movies off of them, yeah. like Netflix and Hulu or whatever, whatever, whatever other platforms. I, <laughs> boy, what I, the first thing I thought of when I seen it first, I got a text message, and it was from someone we work with. <laughs> he doesn't. Well, not anymore. Joe. Okay. Sends me a message and he said, "Did you just see that?" And and I'm and he sends me the like the clip of it. So then I start watching the clip over and over again, and in my head I'm like, "This is a setup." Yeah, this I thought is, it was. I thought it was fake because I even forgot that they were on that night. So yeah. is it? Are they trying to draw in viewers with some kind of <laughs> staged event? The more I watched it, the more you know. If you watch Chris Rock growing up, he he wasn't acting. I yeah. mean, he was completely startled and turned off by the whole situation and it just seemed like to me i'm a huge will smith fan i do not condone what he did there i thought that was absolutely absurd but it seemed to me like he was laughing then all of a sudden the the switch flipped yeah because she was not happy (laughs) so it was like did he look over and see her yeah and then think "Uh uh-oh i have to do something here (laughs) <laughs> and he went to a whole different he didn't just like say i'm gonna go off to talk to him afterward he just said i'm gonna do this in front of millions of people yeah and i i think he even said he just put on an apology video not that long ago he said that basically chris has not been ready yet to talk to him yeah let him know when um which i completely get uh chris i, I think it's it's promoted him which I'm happy it has. Yeah, sold out all of his shows. Yeah, I really am happy it has because that could that could ruin somebody. I, I say Chris Rock is one of the most mentally strong people I've ever seen because a lot of guys getting smacked in front of a million people, <laughs> that can really mess up a guy's you know whole persona right there. So you know the way he handled it, most people couldn't have done that. If if that would have been The Rock up there, that would have been a whole different ball game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll actually, I don't think Will Smith would have went up there. No, no, definitely not. I, I mean, he'd have a, uh, I don't know why he would do that, but, but I mean, so the way Chris is handling it, I'm happy that he's getting the positive, um, vibe that he's getting. Yeah. From, Will, I feel bad because like he said in that video, it's, it's, he doesn't think he's ever going to really regain the admiration yeah. from the people and from, and from Hollywood and from, and so he may have, he may have jeopardized his career for good. And this was a guy who was, I mean, he was really an A-star uh, actor. He, and One of the most iconic movie stars of all time. He was on his way. He definitely was on his who, way. Who do you think is the most iconic? <sighs> That's impossible. <laughs> That's impossible because now you're talking about, well, you're, first you're talking about the guy that calmed him down, Denzel. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about an iconic actor. Yeah. And it didn't take Denzel. Denzel didn't have to raise his voice. He, he just had to tell him, you know, when the devil comes, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and so, I mean, there, there's one, and then you got Jack Nicholson and then you got, I mean, I mean, you got, I mean, you got all these guys, you got De Niro, you got Pacino. Um, I, I even think, and, and people, people make fun of these two guys, but I think it's, it's their, their, the, the genre that they picked to be a part of and their voices that make them uh, somewhat iconic. And I think that when you, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, Stallone will be iconic. Mm. 
I, I really do. Yeah. I mean, the guy has this, if you know his story from the beginning, Sylvester Stallone's story was a guy who came from nothing. I mean, they wanted, they didn't even want him to be in the movie Rocky, which he wrote. Yeah. They wanted to buy that script from him from like, for like $200,000 and tell him to walk away. And he said, absolutely not. I'm acting in the movie. It's my movie. And so he almost, he almost sold that script. And he said he never would have forgave himself if he would have did that because he would have got that money, but then that would have been the end for him. Yeah. And that just turned on a a switch. So Stallone and I think Schwarzenegger. Mm. I really do because people make, he said, you know, my accent was supposed to be my demise, but everybody tries to imitate it. Yeah. Yeah, it, I would be bought. Yeah, if if he <laughs> does a Terminator movie part seven, everybody will go see it. Yeah, yeah, and and so and so you know, there's there's guys like that too. But you know, when you talk about, like I said, when you talk about the Jack Nicholsons and the, and the De Niro's and the Pacinos and the Denzels, um, uh, Sidney Poitier, um, uh, you know, guys like that. I mean, Will Smith is. I, I think he was in that. I think he was in that. Um, in that uh, argument, you know, the category I mean? of people. Yeah, I really do. And and I'm not even. I mean, you know, Joe Pesci, I think, mm. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, there's so many more. Tom Hanks, oh yeah, is is fantastic. So there's so many. And we're talking about actors now, not actresses. And and, geez, I'm I'm forgetting so many people. I mean, just and then there's people that just because of their voices, like you know, James Earl Jones, uh, people yeah. like that. Um. The list can go on and on. Samuel Jackson. Oh my gosh! Even 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 when you think about John Travolta, like he was Vinnie Barbarino in Welcome Back, Carter, and and you know he was just this Italian kid in in this TV series in the seventies. Nobody thought anything of it, you know. And then he was disco dancing, and everyone was like, "Okay, he, we found his niche." <laughs> and then he was he did so many movies where he was iconic yeah. in them. So, and I know a lot of people hate this guy. He's one of my favorite actors. And he has proven time and time again that he's not going anywhere. Tom Cruise. Mm. I don't care what people say about Tom Cruise. I know Top Gun. Uh, oh, did you I, see that? Have you seen Top Gun Maverick? Oh, that's so good. I haven't seen one person yet. You know, every every as soon as a movie comes out, you see the the bad reviews. I yeah. haven't seen one. I haven't seen. They got to be out there somewhere. They have but to be. I, I haven't seen one, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm an '80s kid. Uh, I was at the IMAX theater up here in Lansing with my two boys. So now you're sitting there and they both seen the first Top Gun because dad made them. <laughs> so, but they liked it. All right. And now, now my youngest didn't care. You know, he was just kind of sitting there, but my older one, he, he was excited about it. And as soon as the thing starts playing, you know, they like the same beginning opening, you know, yeah. music from the first one, just get goosebumps. That was funny because um, my wife's, daughter oldest youngest yeah the youngest of the oldest mm-hmm. um said she went and seen it and she was like it was a good movie but they had a lot of old music in it <laughs> like, have you seen I, the first one yeah. well you know what i think they did a good job of tying the first one in without getting ridiculous yeah you know yeah. like like people are like well that was a cheesy scene well you have to have the cheesy scenes to satisfy generation x yeah but you want to pull generation z and you want to keep the millennials there yeah so when you you have to figure out how to do that and i thought they did a fantastic job and the fact that he knew that he wanted to wait for technology to catch up so that they can actually put the cameras in the plane. Whoa. And every scene is actually them flying at 
yeah. whatever, seven G's, six G's, seven, eight G's. And um, I forget what it is, the most that they say you can actually go. But um, the pilot that uh, was a stunt artist for him mm-hmm. um, is from Michigan. Oh, okay. And I tried getting him on the podcast. Actually, I, I should probably reach out again. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Heck, yeah. Every I, I would do it maybe once every other month and just yeah. just be nagging him back and forth. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I do with some people. But People don't realize that the the difficulties of podcasting because no. it, it takes so much work, especially at first, to get guests. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, like, guests just come to me unless there's somebody specific like that uh, that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll reach out. But for the most part, like, people are like, um, reaching out to me, but at Excuse first, me. when you first start out, it's like, man, you got to like figure out what kind of person you want to interview, what you want to talk about. And it's, it's not easy. It, it is. It, it is it, very difficult. It's, and, and we're, you, you know, you're a couple months ahead of me and, and my brother for our podcast. And when we, you know, finally came up with two brothers, one mic that took a couple months of trying to figure out, you know, we went from the average Joe to two mm. brothers, one Mike, my yeah. brother's name's Joe. Uh, <laughs> and there was a reason behind that and everything. And we finally came up with two brothers, one Mike. And, and that took a couple months then trying to figure out, are we going to, you know, is it going to be audio? Is it going to be video? Starting to do all the research, how many podcasters fail? Why do they fail? What, what you know, and, and, and really believe it or not, one of the biggest reasons for failure, I think, I think only 20% succeed in this. Out of um, hundreds of thousands, of well, there's four hundred. There's four million podcasts. Four four million now. Four million. That like almost went up another. I don't know how million. many since the last. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> within the last year. Yeah. So this episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery powered, eco friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family flowers for your partner or new house plants for your new collection red bike delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between so what are you waiting for check out red bike delivery on facebook or instagram for more information red bike delivery because there's only one earth so i mean when you when you look at that one of the biggest reasons is because people want to succeed immediately yeah there's that you know that feeling of of that necessary feeling of um uh, what do you call it? Um, gratification. Uh, instant, gratification. instant gratification. Boy, I'm losing, I'm losing my mind right now. But um, so with instant gratification, people want to be bigger, faster, stronger right now. They want to make all the money in the world right now. Mm-hmm. They want the house of their dreams right now. Yeah. They want the car of their dreams right now. They want the job of their dreams right now. They want the degree right now. And if you ever notice, like even in college now, you can go to high school, and by the time you're graduating as a senior, if you go through the right programs, which my eldest is is lucky enough to be able to do right now, mm. as he's getting ready for this, you can come out of high school with a two two years of college under your belt already. So by the time you're 20, 21 years old, you have your college degree, and it sure it saves it saves mom and dad you know money yeah. it saves the child you know in terms of student loans and things like that yeah but it also makes me wonder i mean is this getting worse and worse when it comes to how we need everything done faster well i just learned uh yesterday or the day before uh from tiktok that you can get your kid like a 15 year old kid mm-hmm. a credit card to build them credit and, and who's responsible? The parents are. Yeah. So like this guy was talking about how he owns a bunch of real estate properties. And um, one thing he did for his 15-year-old daughter was he he got her a credit card that was off of his account. 
And so, you know, it, but it helped build credit for her. Mm-hmm. So when she turned 18, she already had established credit. And I'm like, like, th- I think that's good. But at the same time, I don't know if it is, you know, like, what are we doing here? It depends. I mean, obviously I guess de- there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors there. It depends yeah. on who the parents are. Are they going to be paying attention to the situation? I mean, is it, there's a credit limit on there. Right. Um, $500, you know what I mean? I wasn't and even I, looking at it in that aspect, but it's like, like building credit is definitely a good thing. Yeah. But like, do you want a 15 year old to worry about that? Uh, building credit, I don't know. Um, being responsible with their finances, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's good. There could be some good behind. I, again, it's it's it depends on who the individual is. I just feel like at this point in history, like mm-hmm. we're we're pushing things forward so much that mm-hmm. we're we're like like you said, lessening the amount of time that it takes to get something done or go to college or whatever it is. Everything's so much quicker. I think, I think a big problem, what you're talking about, whatever this program may be, as far as, you know, 15 year olds with credit cards is the whole self gratification thing. Again, um, wanting everything right now. Mm. I think everybody, every young person should start off with actual money in their hand. So when they're paying for something, as there's as they're handing that money over to the cashier, they they understand the meaning of getting rid of it. Get rid of it, yeah, and it's not coming back to you. When you charge that card and it says card approved, there's this self gratification in our head that our card's approved, and but we're not really thinking about you. Just you know, if you're not yeah. if you're not somebody who goes back online and looks at your your balancing and your savings account, your checking account, whatever it is that you have your money invested in, um, it's not really even invested, right? It's just it's it's. Uh, uh, cash. I mean, it, it's, it's available cash to you immediately. Um, and so, uh, you're not really investing in anything. You're just saving it. But when you spend it, when you're using that card, uh, that these 15 year olds will have, yeah. they're not paying attention to the fact yeah. that now you have to pay for whatever it is you just charged. Yeah. So that's where I'm not a fan. I think every kid should get a check, cash the check, have cash and spend it. And then when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And so that could be a problem, you know? I think that's a problem for adults. It is. I mean, it's yeah. a problem for adults. So Especially as we go more into a cashless system. Yeah. Yeah, this whole this whole thing, I don't have any quarters. Do you have any quarters? <laughs> yeah, that it's it, it seemed like in 2020, the pandemic started becoming the least of everybody's problems. There was like everything else <laughs> and then the pandemic, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I I don't know. It's uh it's it could definitely be it could definitely be a downward spiral if we uh, if we let that get out of hell, out of control with fifteen year olds with credit cards. Oh, absolutely. To build credit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember when I had my first credit card. I think, I think I was eighteen. Okay. I think I think it was my freshman year of college. I'm almost positive, but I had already had a job, uh, and I think it was like a five hundred dollar limit, and I couldn't. It would never. It wouldn't go any higher. Yeah. And so I just try to pay it off every month. I remember that. I, I, I literally remember that when you're when you're talking about it now, because it wasn't like I was making you know a good uh, a good paying wage like I do now. Yeah. Um. Even considering that it was back then, and I could fill up my gas tank for fifteen dollars. <laughs> no lie, fifteen, sixteen. You, your buddies got in the car, and if you had four buddies get in the car, you had a full tank of gas, <laughs> and they were just handing you like four dollars a piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. Three or four dollars a piece. You fill up your tank. 
So that <laughs> that that doesn't work that way now. <laughs> Three four dollars doesn't even get you a quarter <laughs> a quarter of a tank in my truck. Maybe. Um, so what am I talking about? That wouldn't even be a quarter of a tank. <laughs> so you know, yeah, that credit card thing that might not be a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it, it obviously depends on the kid and like how responsible they are. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't know what we're doing as a society. You know, <clears throat> pushing things forward. I I don't. Uh, I question a lot right now. Everybody, and this can't be, this cannot be a um, Trump-Biden thing. This is, everybody wants to go immediately to that. Um, as soon as you say that, um, you get these people that will say, well, at least Trump's not president anymore. <laughs> what does that have to do with us as a society? <laughs> We're talking about the fact that this is not a good place to be in right now, yeah, regardless yeah. of who the person is in the white house. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I think. That's a big problem in this country right now. As soon as we talk about policies that we don't agree with, I don't check know. Check out. We check out. Yeah. We, we, yeah. All of a sudden it's, uh, it's, it's, well, at least, uh, Trump's not president anymore. And I'm yeah. like, well, so let's say he is president again and we're in this same situation. I'm not going to change my opinion because he's in there now. Yeah. I'm going to still have my same concerns. Right. You know, um, it, it's, it shouldn't be that it should be us, uh, wanting answers from them. I interviewed a, um, an ex Navy seal who works for a, um, private, what is it? It's a private executive detailing company. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, provides like, uh, protection for like high high level people like presidents um he just recently did a tour for um the, like the prince of saudi arabia mm-hmm. and one thing he was talking about was woke culture and i asked him about it because he didn't really specify too much and i asked him how because he travels all over the the world um what his thoughts were on how other countries look at the united states and he was like i don't want to get too far into this because it's you know, pretty political. Mm-hmm. He's like, but other countries are laughing. They yeah. can't take us serious. Huh? And, and, and that's, see, here's the thing. So you're telling me exactly what somebody who's on the, the front line, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, who, who has seen this. Yeah. But yet you'll still have millions of people who have no idea what it takes to be in the shoes that that gentleman's in. Yeah. And they'll sit there and say, Oh, he, obviously he's supporting one, one party and not the other. And that's, he's, he's there purposely. David Hess has him on that show purposely to, to, you know, bad mouth and promote the the right and not the left. And, and that's, that's the problem. Well, one thing I also realized too, with the, the right and the left Mm -hmm. is that the right are, they're always willing to talk. They, for some reason, they don't have a problem with going on a podcast and just talking. No, but I've invited people who are really far on the left and they tiptoe around it. They don't want to do it. And they're like asking questions. It's really strange. It's, it's not that I'm, you know, siding with the right or anything, but it's like the right, the right, they obviously believe in the freedom of speech. So they're all for going on a podcast and talking and promoting and doing whatever. But the left, like they really, have to kind of divulge into some of their ideologies and then that's when they start getting tested and they don't want that and it's not the it's it's really the deep left um i know a lot of people just on the left yeah that i'm talking about like politicians yeah yeah and the nowadays yeah you can't just be a like a just a like you can't be just left of center but there but if there's, you're a politician there's, there's i could tell you there's a couple that are uh like Who? joe manchin 
I don't even know who that is. Yeah, uh, he's <laughs> he's he's the reason. He's the reason why nothing's getting passed mm. uh, in Washington when it comes to the bills that are being presented right now. Although although they are trying to present something now that he is in agreement with uh, the latest bill, but uh, he has been the the one Democrat that has shattered any opportunity for them to move forward um, uh, with you know, whatever bills that they're trying to get passed through Congress, through the Senate. Yeah. And so, because they have control, but, yeah. but they need all 50. Right. And he has been the one man that has not sided with the Republicans, but, but just looked at it in his own. He said, is this something that my constituents, is this going to work for my constituents or is this going to be something that's bad for them? Right. And regardless of political party. Yeah. And he's been very bipartisan in that situation. And, and so, uh, they really have had a hard time with him. So he's that's, been the one. That's one thing I don't understand. Like why I don't, again, we're getting political. I don't want, yeah. I don't hate politics. I yeah. really do. But with the left, it, with any politician that I, at least I've had on the podcast or that I've met or that I know of, whenever they're running for some office, doesn't matter what it is, they're extreme. Ex- they, ha- they have to be the extreme left because yeah. they have to, they have to agree with the the party lines. Yeah, I, I, it's crazy. It is crazy, and and it just—I'm not a big politics fan. I, I I personally, I personally can't stand Washington D.C. Period because I think all they do on both sides, um, one side more than the other, in my opinion. But <laughs> on both sides, they completely drive this country apart. Yeah, and they they drive us apart in everything from race to religion to uh, to to culture to to. Um, financial, uh, very, yeah, financial big time, Mm -hmm. uh, from an economic standpoint. Um, and it's, it's just, it's unfortunate because we, we actually give into it. We give into it and, and it's where, it's where the 1% control. Yeah. And, and it's amazing how 1% can control such a large group of people and the large group of people literally claim they can see it, but yet we still, we still have some very smart people in that 1% who know exactly how to sit down with the people that understand the human mind and break people down and literally divide us the way they have. Yeah. It's, it's, if I'm wrong, show me where I'm wrong because look what's going on. I mean, it's just crazy. And that's where we come in, Tony. Yeah. We come in, we talk about these things. We talk about our lives and bring everything back on a personal level to kind of bring everybody back together. Yeah. I do it and you do it and you talk about fitness, health and nutrition, nutrition. Yeah. Um, where you mentioned the podcast before, but where, where did that come about? I mean, I know that you've always kind of wanted to do something, whether it was like a YouTube channel. Um, but where did the podcast come about? So, uh, it was going to be a YouTube channel at first. We were trying to do that. So being up here, working for general motors in Lansing, Lordstown, Ohio closed. Yeah. And, uh, and when I moved up here, uh, which is about three hours and 45 minutes away, um, the YouTube channel seemed like something where I can do YouTube channels for fitness, exercise, nutrition. And then my brother who, my brother, Joe, who is involved in all, he, he actually does, you know, he works with technology. He works with videography, camera work, website development, things of that nature. He does it for realtors. He does it. He does weddings, graduations, everything. Um, website development for six or seven different people at one point. I don't know if he still does it or not for all those people. But um, uh, so with that being said, it was too much for me to go racing back home and racing back up here and racing back home with my camera work for him (laughs) to do all the editing and everything. Yeah, 
So he said, this isn't going to work. Let's try a podcast instead. And I've said this before. So my first thought was to kill him <laughs> because it was crazy how much work we were going through with it. And then I thought, you know what? Let's, let's try, let's, let's try the podcast and see. So he starts telling me about all this research he's been doing. And we start trying to figure out how we're going to go about doing it. And he finds this uh, platform called Anchor. He says, you can actually be in Lansing. I could be here. You know, we'll start off slow. We'll try and figure out how we work our way into videography. One day we'll have our own studio. And he's, he's thinking ahead, but he's not talking too much about that. He's talking mm. more about just doing shows. So we start writing, writing down ideas. We write down like 55, 60 ideas of, of show topics for exercise, nutrition, mental well-being. Somehow we are, I talk him into throwing in some 80s and 70s nostalgia. <laughs> it didn't tie in real good. Um, we were doing shows where our entire first segment is 80s nostalgia, and it was like 15 minutes long. Mm. And it didn't tie into the show. So I was having a ball, but I think the <laughs> listeners were like, I thought, you were, I thought this was leg day. <laughs> Why are we talking about Jaws? You know what I mean? And so... And so in the second season, we started tying that into the show. So if we were doing a carnivore diet show, we were talking about the Wendy's Where's the Beef commercial oh, to yeah. tie it into the show. That started working a little bit better, but it was still too much in the beginning with the, with the nostalgia. So now we kind of just throw it in our shows that we're starting now. If it, if it fits into a part of the show, that's when we just toss in the nostalgia. We don't do like an entire segment in the beginning. So, you know, we have all the, you know, we, we, we try to go from one to the other. Uh, we, do, we try not to do 10 shows in a row about nutrition. We talk about all the different eating lifestyles, whether it's ketogenic, carnivore, intermittent fasting, moderate uh, eating lifestyles. We do supplementation. We have uh, interviews. We interviewed you. Yeah. Uh, we talked all about your podcast and what it's all about and how it started. That was the best episode. It, I tell you what. It, it took was a, off. Yeah. It was a good episode. It was a good episode. And that was uh, a good episode. Yeah. And for sure. And, and obviously you'll be back, um, when our schedules, when the stars align and our, <laughs> our schedules meet, but, um, you know, we have a clinical psychologist, Dr. Nicole Rentilla. She comes on when we talk about different parts, aspects of the mind when it comes to arrogance versus confidence, you know, and narcissism and things like that, because it's, it's my firm belief that as a, as a fitness trainer, um, your, your mind uh, plays the biggest key, the biggest role in everything you're doing. 80% of everything you do is from your shoulders up. So we like to have the feel-good stories. We like to interview people like Dr. Nicole Rentilla uh, and, and people who can talk about the mind because if you don't have the right mindset, it doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how fast you are. It yeah. doesn't matter because eventually that's going to falter if you can't keep your head on straight because working out is not easy and staying committed to that habit, making it habitual yeah. is not easy. So we, we try to really focus on that as well. Uh, we have Ron, the pharmacist, uh, who's been in pharmacy for 30 years now, and he talks about uh, supplementation a lot. That's his, that's his focus uh, when it comes to supplementation and pharmaceuticals, how they play a role together and how they work, you know, separately when it comes yeah. to protein, when it comes to, you know, pre-workout drinks, when it comes to creatine things of that nature. And can you mix this with certain vitamins, certain uh, prescriptions, things like that. So he comes on, he's been on a lot. He's been on like six or seven times now. Whoa. Yeah. Um, we have some really cool interviews coming up in the fall that we're looking forward to. Uh, we have, uh, we just did one with a high school kid, uh, Mr. Thomas Vallant, who plays high school football. And he has a podcast back home called hometown heroes. Oh, cool. And he talks about how people have persevered and helped out others through the pandemic. This kid's just turned 18 years old. Well, we thought we were talking to a 35 year old. I mean, 
And it's nice because you see the younger kids doing this now. And so it gives yeah. gener Generation Z, who gets such a bad rap sometimes, it shows people that we're going to be okay. We have a lot of young people that are very um, uh, concerned uh, with making sure that, you know, this world is a better place uh, mm. when I'm in a nursing home someday, still thinking I'm on the mic doing my podcast, <laughs> talking to myself in the window at age 95. But um, so, I mean, you know, things of that nature. And you think and you're going to live till 95? I want to be a hundred. Whoa. Yeah. Or where, you know what? I want to, I want to outlive Sepriano, our, our good friend Sep. If I can outlive Sep, I'll be good. You might if he keeps running the way he yeah, is. He, he's, I tell you, he's a beast. Uh, he just got rhabdo. Yeah, well, he's still what? He, is he still recovering from it? I, I mean, I I would assume. Yeah, because he you I don't see just his get videos and I text him and he's like, "I'm good, I'm good." <laughs> boomer he calls me boomer. <laughs> Folks, I'm not a boomer. I'm Generation X, but he insists that I'm my parents' age. So I mean, but um, no. So he's you know, uh, I, I he's. Yeah, he, he is, he's the example of the opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah. Some people don't work out enough. Some people work out way too much, Yeah, but it's very hard to take those. See, he's so geared. Uh, he's so focused on what he's doing. It's very hard to get somebody to dial it down a notch. Um, they feel well, he like doesn't want to. No, no, he no. doesn't want to be normal. No. So uh, he seems Which like he's fine. doing a lot better though. Uh, he seems like he's recovering slowly through it he's not going he's not going in the opposite direction yeah we actually yeah. did a show on rhabdomyolysis and we did an interview with the young lady who uh actually almost died uh with rhabdo and and so it's a very serious condition you can get when you're yeah. overexerting yourself not just in exercise and in so many other aspects yeah. and you're literally your body your kidneys literally shut down i mean everything starts shutting down on you uh, your body can't handle that kind of stress so that's something that everybody should pay attention to, rhabdomyolysis for sure. If you're, especially if you're an exercise fanatic, you yeah. know, uh, a lot of people do like the CrossFit yeah. uh, and Zumba and all those, you know, where there's a lot of the, energy exertion. The lady on. that got rhabdo that was on your podcast did mm -hmm. Zumba, right? She was a Zumba instructor. She was yeah. doing she Zumba. She was working out like crazy. She was doing Zumba. Then she was doing like seven or eight classes a day. That's then so working crazy. full time. That is so crazy. She was a mom of two. Um, and, uh, traveling back and forth between Arizona and Youngstown, Ohio. And it, it, it one day just snuck up on her slowly. And then it really, yeah, she was in bed. She was bedridden for a while. That was a really good episode. Yeah. I listened to that one. Kim, Kim Rigetti's Vabeck. Yeah, she yeah. was. Yeah. So, and I've known her forever. Um, we're the same age. So when you are coming up with a new season mm -hmm. um do you have like an idea of what that season's going to be yes. about like how do you how do you figure that out um so we try to stay three to four weeks ahead even during the season okay so literally like right now um if we didn't do a show the next three weeks there would be a show um and so what we're doing while that's going on is we're getting ready to do another show that will air in a month okay and and we're we're deciding uh, you know, okay, so what is this going to be the first show where we do video and audio? How's that look? Um, and then, you know, we start going back and forth and then, uh, we've been doing a lot of zoom conferencing and, and, and seeing what we want that to look like in terms of, uh, video and mm -hmm. audio platform. And, you know, if, so then we're talking about, so, you know, the next season, every season is 20 episodes. Uh, is this possibly where we go all video? Um, uh, is this, when does the studio come into play? 
we've already started setting that up in our head, drawing it to, to see where. So we're always, always ahead of the game. We have people uh, in terms of interviews that are in like a waiting cell for, we probably have enough interviews for the next year. Yeah. Yeah. And we try to explain to them, listen, if we, and we do reach out to them every now and then to remind them, you know, you're, you're on the list. It's just, we'll get to you. you. We'll get to you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we try to make sure our interview list is nice and long. We try to make sure that we know what we're doing three to four weeks from now. And then we try to have a picture in our head of what's the next season look like every season, you know, we can't have everything always look the same. Yeah. Um, just for the sake of boredom, we don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over. But ironically, the listenership, it's like, you know, if I have a graph, it's going like this, then it goes, then it goes like this and it goes, (laughs) then it goes. So it's going up and then every now and then it shoots down, then it shoots up higher. And the analytical data is hard to follow sometimes. It really is. Yeah. You have to like, see like that huge spike upward. And then you start looking through your shows. Uh, What What what, was that? Yeah. Yeah, What was that? Yeah. And the thing with podcasts is once they're out there, they're always out there. So somebody might see your latest episode, then be like, whoa what is this? Yeah. And they go back and listen to an old episode and you're like, I forgot about that one, but that one spiked. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's really weird. I I think, uh, like if we're going to do a show, we'll also look and we'll say, okay, we're doing, uh, uh, you know, we're going to talk about hamstring development in this show, uh, and how to develop your hamstrings. Well, we did leg day in season two. This is season four. So we make sure that we tie that into leg day and then we put the link to that show into the description of that show yeah. and we let people know. And then all of a sudden we'll see that if we have 60 people on this one day, listen to that show, yeah. like maybe 20 or so went back and listened to, right. to the leg day show. Right. So we kind of, you know, it's a show we already did yeah. and we get more listenership by bringing, but, you know, bringing it into the, the new show. Yeah. That brings me back to like always being in the forefront of everybody, because that's one thing I started kind of recently doing was like I'll have like memories pop up on social media or whatever of like an old episode I did. And before I just kind of be like, oh, that's cool. It, it was a year ago. Yeah. Now what I'm doing is I'm posting it. Yeah. I post it, put the links. It is what it is. If you want to go back and listen and people do. Yeah. And it, and the listens like, cause I mean, the thing is with podcasts, like I've had people say to me before, like, I don't know how to listen to your podcast. Um, and like, they just assume that it goes away. Like it, it, once it's out there, it's always out there. You yeah. just got to go find it. Mm-hmm. But people forget about that. Yeah. They don't, they don't know how to do that. So I you, say it every show. I say it every show. And every Tuesday when I do a Facebook live, I explain to people it's airing tomorrow at 9am. Every Wednesday at 9am is a new show. And then forever in our archives, it never goes yeah. away. If you go into our archives, you can find that show. It's sitting right there. All 60 some episodes that we've done so far. Yeah. Um, and, and some people just, yeah, they don't, they don't know how to, to find no. it. It's very, it's very <laughs> odd because like Joe will tell you, I'm not, and I think he even said it to you when we interviewed you on the show, I'm not the most technologically advanced individual Yeah. Uh, on, on the face of the earth. And I literally found it in seconds when we first started doing the show and I wanted <laughs> to go on and listen. Yeah. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. Uh, it just, um, it, it's a matter of, it doesn't make any, it's just, it's, just, it's about as easy as turning on the radio back in the day and turning yeah. the station to yeah. whatever, you know, whatever radio station you want to listen to. Well, and I think so. there's so much going on that people don't like, they may see it, but then they just kind of scroll by and then forget mm-hmm. to go back and listen. So, um, that's one thing I started realizing too, with the podcast was like, I, I put up these posts, uh, whenever I post an episode, like a picture of the person that was on. And then like on Instagram, I'll put a, a link in the story. 
And I think it, it shares over to Facebook too. Mm-hmm. So one thing I started doing because I used to post uh, just like I'd put the link and then I would title it like YouTube or Apple podcast or something, but nobody would click on it and people are dumb <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, so you would, so now what I do is I put click to watch on YouTube or click to watch and subscribe on YouTube and then people start clicking yeah, or click to listen on Apple podcasts. Right now and- people are going, Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was listening to you religiously until now, <laughs> but no, it's, it's like a trickery for the mind. It is, You know, like it you got to tell somebody what to do. Yeah. And it's the same thing like with YouTube, like it, I, I've been doing deep dives on like uh, YouTubers and like how they get more subscribers and whatnot. And the first thing that they will tell you is that people will not subscribe to you unless you tell them to. So mm. In the beginning, like if you listen to a lot of YouTubers, they'll be like, hey, hit that, or smash that like button or yeah. smash that subscribe button mm-hmm. and then they'll move on with the episode or whatever it is. So yeah, it's a whole process. Like you got to learn how to do everything like marketing and all that stuff. Yeah, the marketing is, I mean, you know, when you, you think about like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, those are things that we're getting more and more into, but it, it, there's so much more that goes into it. Um, yeah. And there's all these little tricks that you have to try and it, it, it's not like every, not one thing works all the, the same yeah. all the time for everyone. Yeah. Uh, it, what works for you might not work for me yeah. uh, or me and Joe, I should say for two brothers, one Mike. Um, what works for, you know, I mean, right now, obviously if you're chasing and that's another thing that we've learned, you don't chase after anybody else's podcast. You don't try to get their numbers. Mm, you know, there's yeah. a, there's a great podcaster out there. His name is uh, Pat Flynn. And I, and we were talking about this before we started the show and, and he says, uh, in his 12 or 13 years, one of the biggest mistakes podcasters make is that they try to be like another podcast. And if that other podcast is doing better than them, they beat themselves up. Why am I not getting the same numbers that that guy's getting Yeah. instead of, and he said this too, and this was really interesting. If you're a podcast and you have 50 to 75 to a hundred people that are listening to your podcast religiously. That's not a lot, but think about this instead. Think about if you were sitting in a room on a stage and there were a hundred people sitting there every day, every week listening to you. That be that that changes your mindset. Yeah. That's like a full room of people, and you're teaching a class yeah. every Wednesday at nine o'clock in the morning. I'm choosing our example, and and that's a lot of people sitting in the room. Yeah. So if you look at it that way, because you have to you have to keep the right mindset. We're just, yeah. we're just talking about this with exercise. You, you have to keep the right mindset because if you don't, that's where, that's where people fail. Yeah. They, they, they want 10,000 listens per show right now. Yeah. I so. guess I've never really had like a goal of what I wanted for listens or anything like that. I, I came into it with a mindset, like I'll just do it. And if people like it, they like, it. if they don't, then whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like at the point now, and I just recently posted about it. Um, but like, it's, it's at the point now it's like, I want to start, I want to take it to the next step to to the next level and without like growing the podcast or without like having, um, I don't know, more supporters Mm -hmm. or, um, sponsors, whatever it is, like you can't do that. It makes it almost a little bit more impossible. Uh, so I just recently posted on Facebook about, you know, how like it's discouraging when, you know, like it doesn't necessarily go the way you want it to go. Um, people took it as like, I plan on quitting. And that's not, that's not what I, that's not what I meant. What I meant was I was just going to slow down on it because it was too much. I was doing yeah. it too much, too yeah. often. Um, 
And I just realized that like by me doing this podcast actually does help a lot of people. Like I had, I posted a, a screenshot of a text message a, a guy sent me. He was on the podcast a couple times and he was like, Hey, just so you know, your, your shirt that, you know, you gave me for the podcast is my favorite, favorite shirt to wear to the gym. And it was just like out of the blue, like one of the yeah. days where I was feeling like, man, I, I need to slow down. Like I'm doing too many episodes. I'm just getting burnt out and it, yeah. it's not worth, it's not worth the amount of time and effort. And I just need to sl- take, take it back, take a step back a little bit. Um, he sent me that text and I'm like, you know what, like what I'm doing obviously is making a difference. Yeah. I need to keep doing it. Um, but I just need to be more smart about the way I'm doing it. And uh, then I posted that and people are like, oh, don't stop. <laughs> like, yeah. I wasn't saying I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, once you go on social media and you post something like that, um, they equate what you said to the person who goes on Facebook and says, uh, I'm over it. I'm done with everyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, uh, you know who you are. And then you're like reading it going, okay, what? I know we don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> but, and then, you know, everyone starts. So then, you know, you do immediately think to yourself, in some concerning fashion, is this person okay? I mean, yeah. like you don't know. Yeah. Are they like reaching out for help because because they're not really saying it, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so then you start seeing a bunch of people with, you know, prayers, hope everything's okay. Yeah. And some people genuinely mean it. Some people feel like it's just their Facebook duty to to <laughs> to post that. But you know, there's every now and then if I know the person really well personally, I'll send them a message. And say, hey, everything going okay? How you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, because you don't know. But I think automatically when you post that, everyone equates that with that. Giving up. Yeah, giving yeah. up. And I quit. And yeah, I hate life and all that other stuff rather than what you really meant by it. Yeah. It's kind of like the whole thing when it comes to texting. You text somebody one thing and it, it gets blown out of proportion. Keep, yeah. Yeah, completely take it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like it was just one of those things where I, I was doing it way too much and, um, to the point where it wasn't like beneficial to even grow the channel. I mean, because I was putting so much content out there mm-hmm. that my listeners couldn't keep up even if they wanted to, mm-hmm. like you can, you probably have not listened to more than half my episodes. No, I, if I had to guess and I really don't know how many, I'm probably in the high twenties to low thirties. Yeah. See, and that's a, yeah, that's, 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 that's like, that's like 30%. Yeah. And that's not what I want. I yeah, want people yeah. who follow my podcast to be like, oh, wow, that's an interesting podcast. I want to listen to that yeah. and then have time to do so. And then maybe a couple of days later, like, okay, I have, I have time to listen to this again so I can listen to a different episode. So, so here's what my, for, for rising above podcast with David Hess, it's my, <clears throat> excuse me, um, driving home to Youngstown or driving back up to Lansing. One of those two times I listened to one of your podcasts. Mm. So like right now I'm on like episode 31 or 32, <laughs> right? Terrible but if you're, it, but if you're, if you're putting, you know, the exact episodes. No, no, I don't. I'm oh. just saying my, my portion of the interview, those interviews are probably terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, but I, <laughs> I wasn't critiquing it, but, but, but so as you could see, it's only one I, so your podcast is one of my podcasts I listen to on the way home. Right. So if I only go home once every two weeks and I listen to your podcast, there's no way I'm going to catch up to. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so it, sometimes I'll listen to one on the way down and one on the way back up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but that's how I normally listen to your podcast. So for me, I would never catch up, which for me, that's great because I'm always going to have new content for yeah. you. That's not great. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it all depends on now, if you have the listener who listens to you on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, when they go to the gym, 
Yeah. And you're the first thing they listen to as they're getting ready to work out, then they're going to keep up with you. Yeah. So that's see this is this is like how do you, so you have to find that that happy medium between the guy who listens to you on his long commutes yeah and the guy that listens to you in the gym three days a week and that's where I think our numbers like when I see him shoot way up this guy must be driving home there must be these thirty or forty or fifty or sixty people on right. that time that they're always driving home every couple of weeks from somewhere far away that's when they listen to us and then they go away until. And so that's where we came up with the once a week thing because it was like if we do this too often, maybe people don't listen as often. Or yeah, it's hard because right. if you're not getting feedback from people, you don't know. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Like people don't get feedback for podcasts. Not, no. I mean, I get feedback like from coworkers. The big hey, like keep up the podcast. Yeah. I listen every now and then or whatever. Yeah. Um, I get that a lot. But like as far as like on social media or. I guess on social media, I get quite a bit of feedback, but like on the actual platforms, like where people can like, or they can subscribe or they can leave a comment or a review. People don't do that. They don't do it. I don't think, um, in the big, I don't know how long it takes to get there. Uh, that's what we're, that's what we're all, because we get a ton of, we get a ton of, uh, comments on our messengers and mm, our Facebook yeah. pages. And yeah. <clears throat> like you said, people come up to you at work. People that I don't even really talk to that much, uh, not for any reason. I just don't know them that well. And they'll be driving by on the material truck and say, hey, I listen to your podcast. Uh, good episode. And I'm like, I don't even know that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean, so, but it makes you feel like, wow, some people know yeah. what's going on with that podcast. Yeah. So it makes you feel good. But it is hard to figure out um, the data. And that's, yeah. that's where people quit because yeah. they don't yeah. want to deal with that. But. I mean, it's a lot of hard work and uh, yeah. it takes a lot of effort and time. Yeah. And I mean, that's one thing that like the amount of effort that I put into it, I'm like, okay, like I know that if I continue to put this much effort, you can only succeed from here. Mm -hmm. Like it, it'll eventually get traction and yeah. it'll pick up and take off. Yeah. Um, and it's starting to, but you just got to continuously put that amount of that same amount of effort and time and everything into it. You do. You have to put a lot of effort and a lot of time. Um, I know that. My brother definitely knows that he is yeah. actually walked away from one entity he was involved with to put all that effort into the podcast now oh. because he sees, he can see like the numbers yeah, and he can see that there's an avenue and he can see that there's something there. Yeah. And I think it, I think he went from, this is a nice little thing to do to now he, Joe is very, uh, I guess you could use the word excited. Because he's definitely like, I, I can motivating. tell. Uh, yeah, it's motivating. He yeah. argues with me more uh, <laughs> when he starts arguing more with me. Before, my, he may have just said, okay. But like today, we were going back and forth about like a different avenue. <laughs> and like, well, we want to try this, that. And I was like, are you kidding me? And, and we're texting back and forth feverishly. <laughs> and the whole time, I'm not even getting mad at him because I'm thinking, man, he's really passionate about this. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's telling me, listen. This is one avenue. This is one avenue. We have to watch what we're doing here. And so uh, it actually, I'm like, that was a good argument because you, I wouldn't want him to just be like, I don't care whatever you want to do. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, it, it is like anybody who's starting up a podcast, I, I hear this all the time. Yeah. I want to like do this podcast from our garage. We just want to talk about tires. <laughs> and, and I'm like, 
uh, okay, you know, and I'm like, that could be a show, but like, you, you if you just sit on the couch in the garage and yeah. talk about tires, you better be passionate about it, and you better have, <laughs> you better really know where you want that to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's got to be like, do you want to talk about the history of tires? Do you want to talk about, like, do you want to have like your what's your background going to look like? Is that going to be your studio? Is, yeah. Uh, you know, you're gonna have like a white wall tires over here, mags <laughs> over here. You're gonna talk about when you know when did tires first develop? What you know? How did it all start? I, I don't know. Like, I, that's definitely a niche. It's I mean, a strategy game. It yeah, really is. Like, yeah. you got to figure out like what do people like. Um, what kind of tires are people interested in? Like yeah. what's going to catch their eye when yeah. they scroll past your channel on YouTube, when they look up a tire? Yeah. Like, Oh, what's that? Is that a Ferrari tire? Like, yeah. you know, like that's one thing that I've had to learn. Yeah. You can't just throw a video up on YouTube and, and call it a day. No, there, there's a guy out there right now that has a podcast and I can't think of the name of the podcast, but you know, like the radar detectors, like police scanners uh, for emergency calls. Yeah. So he takes the world of electronics and he just, concentrates on police scanners and, and fire and EMT. Mm. And he has an entire podcast about it. And the podcast is going through the roof. Whoa. And, and, and that's all he talks about are police scanners and has a, I guess has a major passion for it. A lot of knowledge for it <laughs> and talks about it on his podcast, like all the different kinds, I guess. Does he tell and, you how to evade them? I have not watched <laughs> them yet, but I noticed that he gets a ton of followers huh. Uh, to this podcast, and I don't even know how many episodes he has in like twenty five, well, twenty six, and and yeah. he just uh, hit the ground running with. And who would have thought that that was going to be like a major deal, right? Yeah. But again, like they say, I could look at that and go, "Well, how is he doing that with talking about radar detectors?" Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And I'm over here trying to tell people how to be, you <laughs> know, <laughs> fit and, and eat right, and and so you can't look at it that way. Um, it's it's he's doing something that he's catching the eye of the people that want to know about that and yeah. i have to figure out what i need to do to catch the other people that want to know about what i'm talking about exactly so that's that's really uh there can't be comparisons like like pat flynn was saying yeah absolutely um, so um, well with that being said um where can people find your show where where are you where can they find you um you probably don't want people reaching out to you <laughs> unless it's to be on the podcast. Well, I'm not going to give my number out. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you go to uh, Facebook, we're on two brothers, one Mike. Um, uh, it's uh, the same thing on Instagram. Uh, on oh, you guys have an Instagram now? We have an Instagram. Uh, we do have a Twitter uh, where I need, I need to really get there a little bit further, uh, further into that. Uh, when it comes to TikTok, it's uh, the number two. B R O S underscore the number one M I C two bros underscore one Mike and it's Coach Tony Sarge. So we're on TikTok there. Um, two brothers one Mike. Uh, if you want to reach out, like I said on our Facebook page, two brothers one Mike, we will respond immediately to you. We don't have a website yet. That is actually been an ongoing. We know we need uh, yeah. type of conversation, and so we've been discussing that, and that that will definitely be something in the near future. Um, if you, uh, go to any platform that you listen to podcasts on, whether it's anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, Facebook, um, uh, what's, what are some of the other ones? Uh, Castbox, Stitcher. Are you on Pandora? iHeart. Uh, iHeart. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you go there and you type in two brothers, one mic and our two ugly faces come up. And so <laughs> it's, uh, and you can listen and then all, 
at this point, I believe we have 63 episodes that are now airing. And then the next one will air this Wednesday, uh, which will actually already be gone. Yeah. But, but, but it'll, it'll still be, be there. It'll, it'll be, be there. Out. It'll yeah. still be there. What's that one um, on? This Wednesday, we talk about weight maintenance. Okay. So just some ideas when it comes, not all the ideas, but just some ideas for people who have hit their goal weight. Because that's usually, it's it's easy to lose the weight, really. Yeah. It's easy. Mom, I'm not saying it's easy to lose the weight or gain the weight if you're trying to gain or if you're trying to lose. Yeah. Uh, but, but it seems to be something that people kind of have a niche for. But then it's when they get to that weight, they're like, now what? How do I maintain this? So we talk about um, what we call metabolic set point. Like everybody has it. Everybody's body has a certain weight and it tries to stay in a certain realm. So we talk about that and we talk about different types of eating lifestyles that you can do in order to maintain that weight or stay in that metabolic set point okay. uh, without, without stressing yourself out, uh, right. which is what everybody do. You know, everybody does that. Yeah. So that's what that, that's what the show is about this Wednesday. Um, that, um, I think by the time this show airs, we'll already be sitting there. Yeah. But like yep. you said, it's, it's there. So yeah. they don't go back go and listen. That's the great thing about podcasting as opposed to radio. Yeah. It is. You, you can go back and listen. You, you don't have to record listen. it. Yeah. So exactly. So. All right. Well, uh, thanks for doing this and hopefully we can make it a fourth time. Absolutely. Soon. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we, we touched on everything today, so uh, we'll do it a fourth time and we'll just pick up where we left off. Cool. Well, thanks for doing it, Sarge. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely.